hey, Tracy here, founder and host of Sexy Aging. It's a new year and I'm reflecting on the past 10 months of podcasting. Sexy Aging launched in March 2021 and I had the pleasure and honour of releasing 38 episodes of kick-ass conversations with people from all over the world. UK, US, Australia, Denmark, Malaysia, France, Canada, Scotland, Singapore and my home, New Zealand. I learnt a lot, I laughed a lot and I feel like despite the borders of my country being closed that my mind and heart expanded to that concept that ageing is a true gift and a time to celebrate. My biggest key learnings from the podcast guests include number one, to trust the science and stay curious. Number two, every person's journey to greatness has had a moment of fucked upness where an event was so traumatic that you couldn't help but change. Number three, change doesn't stop because you've hit 50. In fact, we embrace it and sometimes laugh in the face of it. So bring it on. And number four, we're all amazing, incredible and sexy in our own way. And don't you forget it. If this is the first episode for you, then I encourage you to dive into some of the other episodes which are organised into three categories, body, mind and soul. The body episodes cover the physical changes that happen to our bodies as we get older, including hormonal changes and the menopause transition. And we also discuss my favourite topics, fitness and health. The mind episodes unpack the learnings that age brings to us, letting go of the past and committing to an incredible future. Episodes include coaching, mindset shifts, stories of adversity, and goal setting. The soul episodes help us identify with our deeper calling and purpose. Guests open up and share their most vulnerable moments, hindsights, and insights to inspire us all to realize that you get one shot at life. Whether you are new to sexy aging or have been listening every week, I'd like to get to know you, the listener, more this year. This is how you can contribute. Subscribe to the podcast. It lets me know what episodes and topics you like the most. Consider giving a rating. Both Spotify and Apple Podcasts allow you to rate directly from your device. And get involved in the surveys. At the end of every episode, Spotify listeners can answer a quick question relating to the podcast episode. And send me a message or recommendation for a podcast guest to Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at sexyaging.com. Aging with an E. And with that, it's time to get on with the show. episode of 2022 and episode 39 of Sexy Aging, it was my pleasure to interview Laurie Seitz, the CEO of Zen Rabbit and host of the podcast Fine is a four-letter word. Laurie is an award-winning writer, speaker and broadcaster and a nationally recognized expert in the US in using gratitude and meditation as shortcuts to success. After a wonderful six-week summer break, it's a natural fit to start with a soul episode and discuss the power of breath and meditation to remind us to stay in the moment and focus only on what you can control. So excited for my first podcast interview for 2022, and I have with me today Laurie Seitz out of West Virginia, is that right? Did you say Virginia? Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I don't know anybody in Virginia. So it could be North. Well, now you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm making that connection. I do have lots of fabulous friends based in the US. So you're my first guest for 2022. 
So happy to have you here on Sexy Aging Podcast, Laurie. Um, would you share with us um, a little bit about yourself and uh, why we're having this conversation today? Thanks for having me, Tracy. It starts, where does it start? I have a background in marketing and corporate communications and broadcast and um, spent years doing that before I started my own business in 2003. That first business, I was selling a product called the Gratitude Cookie, kind yeah. of a cross between a, a between a butter and a sugar cookie based on a family recipe. Oh. And that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. Um, ran that business for 11 years, couldn't quite scale it the way I wanted to. So I ended up shutting it down and then started teaching networking strategies to what I was calling quiet people like introvert, extrovert, so much baggage attached to that, but people who would be intimidated to walk into a room full of people and start a conversation with somebody that they didn't know. And which is, you know, essential to when you're running your own business, you have to go find clients and people who can send you referrals. And so teaching those strategies and then pandemic and nobody was going anywhere and kind of got called back into the whole world of gratitude and talking about gratitude and um, not just for business, but gratitude, how it affects your entire life. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, I've used a lot of gratitude tools, probably pre-pandemic. Um, and you'll relate to this. I think when we get to this point in midlife as women, there's the big questions around, you know, who the fuck am I? What am I doing? What am I putting out there into the world? And and what I, where am I working right now? Is there any validation and hanging around? Um, and you start to tap into some tools that help you open your mind and your heart to answer those questions. And one of those for me was also gratitude, looking around at all the things that made me really happy and how can I get more of that? So, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, gratitude, there's so many benefits to it. And, and I don't even know that people realize because they think it's kind of this woo-woo thing like, oh yeah, you put on your rose-colored glasses and everything looks beautiful. But there's a lot of science and research behind why and how gratitude affects your physical body. It affects your, your, the way your brain is wired. Yeah. I think it's when you think about all the things that make you feel joy or joyful, and that's quite a big and deep emotion. It's quite hard to tap into, but when you keep stay on that gratitude train, those feelings come up more frequently. And you just, I don't know, like we're not doing blood tests or anything every day to figure out is this, is this shit actually working? But you do get a general sense of life feels good and oh, okay, so maybe I've dented my car today, but that's no biggie. You know, like there is a better sense of balance by having that, um, that gratitude practice in your life. Right. And I have to ask people, why wouldn't you want to feel that? Why wouldn't yeah. you want to feel that sense of joy and gratitude and love? Love and gratitude are the highest um, energetic vibrations you can get to. Why wouldn't you want to feel more of that? Yeah. Hey, Laurie, I've got a couple of questions for you. So you don't always suddenly bec become a gratitude expert like you are. <laughs> there's obviously for all of us, there's a journey and moments of um doubt and fear and you know shit that comes up that makes you turn direction towards a better life or a better choice life choices things that you know speak more wholeheartedly to how you're going to live every day 
Can you share with us that kind of some of those defining moments for you that took you off in this direction where you've become like an expert in helping other people find their joy, uh, find gratitude in their lives and actually create a business from that? Yeah, there are two points actually. So when I started that first business, which was um, my company now is called Zen Rabbit. That was Zen Rabbit Baking Company. Right. And um, so I was making and selling this product called the gratitude cookie. And the irony was (laughs) I wasn't a very grateful person because (laughs) I was very very focused on what I didn't have, what wasn't working, all this crap. And my mentor, friend and mentor challenged me to read the science of getting rich by Wallace D. Waddles has in chapter seven is about gratitude. And so he challenged me to read chapter seven for 30 days, twice a day, once in the morning and once at night. And the you know, chapters are short, like three, four pages. So I did it. And, and then I tell, you know, when I'm on stage, I tell the story like, okay, so at the end of 30 days, can you believe I got a call from an editor at Oprah's magazine and she wanted to put the gratitude cookies in Oprah's favorite things. And everybody's like, oh, what? I'm like, yeah, well, that didn't really happen. Uh, well, <laughs> nothing happened. At the end of 30 days, there was nothing remarkable. There wasn't like the skies parted and angels came down. It wasn't until a few months later that I noticed a real change. And I had been driving home from a friend's house. It was Thanksgiving night. And I was driving about 90 miles up the highway to home and about five miles from home, smoke started pouring out of the front of my car. I managed to pull off the highway into a service station that was right there and call a tow truck. That's when, but instead of normally, because normally what would have happened is I would have gone into a rant, like, I can't believe this is happening. This sucks. Why is this, you know, my hair's on fire, right? Yeah. All been there. But instead, I went immediately to gratitude. And I thought, well, thank goodness I made it off the highway safely. Thank goodness I was only five miles from home. Thank goodness a tow truck driver is coming to get me at 1130 at night on a holiday. That's when I noticed the difference that I was now, I had become a more grateful person, like as a natural response. Yeah, that's amazing. I I think I, I do that. (laughs) <laughs> so when you're saying it I'm my head's already going there oh but you were so close to the petrol station oh uh you were only five miles from home like I was already yeah. processing how cool is that right yeah. yeah and and sometimes you know a lot of people are not naturally grateful but this is a point that you can train yourself to become that and then you start seeing all these ways or places to find gratitude and, you know, cause there's that saying that what you're looking for, you will find whatever it is you're looking for. If you're looking for yeah. things to be critical of, you'll find them. And if you're looking for things to be grateful for, you'll find those too. Yeah. So that was I the think. first place. Yeah. And then the second place was after I told you, I, I shut down my business after 11 years at the same time, not because of, but at the same time, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and she passed away six weeks later. That so I was mourning the death of my mom and my business, and that's when I really started questioning okay, (laughs) do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? And what am I going to do differently? And how am I going to reshape and reframe what I'm doing now? And I really 
it took a little bit of time. It wasn't immediate, but that's when I stepped back into the, the world of gratitude and meditation as well. Started really being, becoming more regular with the meditation practice, which yeah. I think also enhances your ability to find gratitude. Yeah. So talk to me about your practice. Do you do morning, afternoon, evening? Do you do multiple times a day? How long do you do? Because I think um, I have obviously a lot of friends that go, oh, you, you meditate as well. So, you know, what do you do? But I'm always really curious about what other people's practice is like. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I do it in the morning before I get my day started because that's that helps set the intention for the day, helps set my energy for the day. And that's kind of, you know, when you're first waking up, you're still in between in that alpha stage of between awake and asleep. So I think that's a fantastic time to do it. However, when I talk to a lot of people, when I teach meditation, I don't like to put a lot of parameters around it. It's kind of, you know, people are afraid to, of meditation because they've heard you have to do it this way. You have to sit, you have to, you know, sit on a mat with your legs crossed for an hour in silence. And I find that you need to find what works for you. So, and then I do often another one at night, but it's more like I'm listening to something as I'm falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think we, we have a very similar practice. So I'm first thing in the morning, but I journal first because it's like, I've got these thoughts that have filtered in from the night before and I kind of write a few things down and then I'll sit in meditation mm. with my thoughts. But I'm going to be honest, I reckon six out of seven days, it has a lot to do with the work week. Six out of seven days, my meditation practice is never a straight road. <laughs> okay. Right? It's like, I seriously, my mind does go all over the place. And only 50% of the time I will say to myself, oh, that's a thought. It's just a thought. Now come back to the breath. Whereas the other 50%, I'll be like, oh, this is really interesting. Let's go, let's go there. Let's explore that. And then I just right. open up to the idea of well, that meditation also allows you that level of creativity, right? Yeah, so exactly. while you want to still your mind, and I think that's important in a very stressful environment, very important in the pandemic, it's also an amazing tool for creativity. So I'm not so hard on myself about it anymore. The fact that my mind still goes, yeah. Good for you because yeah. that's how our minds are. That's just natural and it is common and uh, normal for those thoughts to come in because that's another thing that people are like, well, I can't, I'm not good at meditating because I can't clear the thoughts in my head. Yeah. No one can. Yeah. So you, like you said, you just, when you recognize that you bring it back to your breathing or the sound of the meditation teacher's voice or the music or whatever it is. And then sometimes you don't, and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely vouch for meditation only because I do have a very active mind, but I think because I'm also a massive science advocate, like anything that allows you to live a longer and healthier life, that's the whole point of sexy aging. How do we get to live longer and slay it? Anything that is steeped in science, I'm all about. And if people don't know, if you're hearing this about meditation for the first time on a podcast, and you know, I don't talk about meditation very often, but there is so much science to support the value of a meditation practice daily. So if you're not doing it right now, 
check it out, any, any apps or um, any classes, but keep it really simple, right? Just start simple, five minutes, 10 minutes a day. First thing in the morning, I think personally is a great time because nobody else is awake generally. Um, but what other, what other top tips have you got for meditation practice that you would advise or that you find that your own clients really say, hey, that works really well? Yeah, what you said about quieting your mind, a lot of people have a lot of energy and that's why they find it difficult to sit or lie down for any amount of time. And I like your idea of start with five minutes. I say the same thing. It does not have to be long. Five minutes is better than zero minutes. Um, and then you can make it longer if you want from there. But so to take care of that, like energy over, I don't want to say over energy, like having energy is good, yeah. um, but put on a song and dance for that three minutes or just shake it out or move or do whatever to get that energy out and then sit. Yeah. That helps a, a lot. Great of idea. Yeah. It helps a lot of people to get focused. And then, um, it's again, it's really about doing what works for you. Some people like a guided meditation. Some people would prefer to sit in silence, um, music behind it or not. It's all a personal preference. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. Hey, and thanks. then as far, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really loving where our conversation is going. We've, we've covered off two really big, important things that I value, gratitude and meditation. And isn't it funny that we kind of haven't really tapped into that so much in our, say, 20s or 30s? But I'm making an assumption for you, Laurie. I have no idea how old you are, but <laughs> I'm in my 50s. And I really started to engage these tools from my 40s. And I noticed a lot of a lot more midlifers are also more open-minded to um utilizing tools such as journaling, meditation, gratitude, affirmations. Um, and there is, I, I believe there's a point in life, they obviously call it midlife crisis. It's a tacky cliche kind of way of yes. saying you've hit a speed bump and now you want to know what you, what you want to do with the rest of your life. So, you know, we've already covered off three of my top tips for trying to reestablish what the next part of your life looks like. What other tips have you got? Because I think you, you've created almost a name for yourself around helping midlifers reinvent or transform the next stage of life. So I'm interested and curious to hear some other tips from you. Yeah, I like that term midlife reinvention yeah. as opposed to crisis. I just you know, can't identify with that. It's, uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I think it's a lot of it has to do with getting clarity on who you are now, because you're not the same person your entire life. And yeah, I'm in my fifties too. So, and, and I did not practice meditation for all of my life either. Just to, just to, <laughs> I learned how to do it when I was 10, but then I still didn't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So finding out get, so this is the thing that meditation helps you with. One of the things is it helps you get quiet enough to hear that inner voice your own inner truth, because nobody else can tell you what your inner truth is. You know, we are, we're so used to hearing all of these voices around our head, social media, regular media, like family, friends, everybody's talking, but they don't know what's right for you. They can give you advice and counsel, 
but only you can, and so making the time to get quiet and to enough to hear that inner voice is so, so important because now you have to figure out again, who are, who am I now? And what are the values that are important to you so that you can build your life going forward on those values? Like that's the, I feel like that's a foundational part of figuring it out of what to do next is who am I? What what do I stand for? Yeah. And so how would you advise people to do that? It's quite a big task. And I've done it. I actually did do a course right before the pandemic, actually, which is perfect timing, because then it sort of set me up with the values, no matter what was happening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. But um, have you got a recommendation on some steps with helping people find that purpose? Yeah, well, that's the one of the first steps we do in my program called Fuck Being Fine is is figure out the values. But Brene Brown has a values uh, chart. I don't know what to call it. There's a PDF of values, a values assessment, I think it is, something like that. So I advise people to, to if you're if that's something you're looking into figuring out, to go find that. Yeah. And and use that. It's very valuable. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to look into that and add that into the show notes as well. Um, and I'm also going to add in a few other kind of really fantastic courses that help people um, find their purpose in this next phase of their lives. So let's talk about fine is a four letter word podcast. <laughs> so sure. we're podcasters. This is awesome. And I think about why is it that midlife women suddenly decide that they're going to do a podcast. How long have you been running your podcast for now? Since May. So not even a full year. Yeah. Same. And I've been running since March last year. So it's only okay. nine, nine, 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a background in, I said marketing, but also in broadcasting. So I have been into broadcasting since I was in college, even before that. And I never really knew what I, so when podcasting became a thing and we can have our own show and not have to wait for somebody to decide whether they want us to sit in the chair or not. Um, (laughs) I, I, I wanted to do it, but I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Like, what do I have to add to the conversation? There's, there are hundreds, thousands of podcasts. What, why would somebody listen to mine? And that was also something that came up in pandemic was about, you know, we all had a lot of uh, time on our hands to get quiet and listen to those inner voices. I, my intuition and my creativity were really ramped up. And so I started paying attention to things and some of the conversations that were going on around me. I started hearing people talking, you know, midlife people about, okay, what is my purpose now? And actually my cousin had sent me a text and she was questioning what her purpose was now that her oldest son had graduated from college because he didn't need her anymore in the same way that he had when he was growing up. And so I think that's a lot of us are, I don't have children, but a lot of us who are in midlife now have children who are leaving home or we're looking at our spouse going, yeah, I don't know that I really like you anymore. Or we've been in a job for 20 years and we're going, it's not, it's not fulfilling anymore. What do I do now? And so um, I want, I started my podcast to be able to help people move off of this place. Cause you know, we say everything's fine. Like it's a condition. 
Yeah. How's everything going? It's fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Everything okay? Yep. Yeah, fine. And it's not fine. Like everybody, people say it's fine and they, it's not fine at all. Yeah. So let's not, let's look at it as a four letter word and not say it anymore and allow ourselves to be vulnerable to say what's really going on. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to be tuning into a few more of your podcast episodes as well. Tell me about your favorite interview for your podcast. What is one of the one that's blew your mind? <clears throat> See, this is like asking if I had children, the favorite which one would be the favorite? <laughs> yeah. And Sorry, threw that one uh, <laughs> <laughs> There was one episode with, um, with Jess Lilly. And Jess actually, interestingly enough, is not uh, in midlife. She's younger. That's such a, an old soul. Mm. And we talked about the pain of, uh, what was it? The pain of regret, the pain of doing something now like the pain of, oh, it was the pain of discipline yeah, versus the pain of regret. So yes, it might be painful to make a move now. However, it's going to be less painful than looking back when you're 80 or a hundred going, I wish I would have, then you can't do anything. You can't change the past. So what do you want to, you know, where do you want the pain to be? It's going to be somewhere to choose. Yeah. And I do think that that is where quite a few midlife women, they get to that stage, sort of late 40s, early 50s, where they actually can investigate that question mm-hmm. quite open-heartedly. Um, and it does seem to shake up their lives quite a lot. Like you mentioned relationships, you know, kids leaving, older parents, unfulfilled job or jobs that don't serve them from an emotional, mental perspective anymore. Right. One of the other things that comes up for a lot of women at this stage of life is um, menopause symptoms, obviously, and how it affects them both physically and mentally. And mentally in the workplace is actually a real challenge for women. There's a lot of um, amazing um, articles and stuff out there about that now. And there's a big support growing for women in this change of life. While it is a physical change, it does affect their performance at work and how are we supporting women at work? that often leads them to jump out of work and start their own business with all these incredible skills they already have as well as their network, right? So I actually know a lot of women that are in that place now and absolutely killing it. (laughs) Um, You know, that incredibly sexy change that they've made and you can see them just coming alive, fulfilling their purpose. Um, So it is a really interesting conversation for us women at this stage of life. It is. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've reached a place where we now have more confidence than we had before. You know, I look back and I'm like, I was not very confident in my twenties and thirties, but you grow into yourself. That's part of this midlife reevaluation is you're finding confidence. Like, Oh, I have all this experience doing this stuff that I've been doing for the past, whatever, 20, 30 years. I can take that and make it even bigger and by starting your own business or changing careers or whatever it is. Yeah. It's exciting, right? And every day you wake up and you've got that clarity. You don't have those, I mean, fear and doubt creeps in normally for everyone at any stage, but it's less so. And I think that's exciting. It, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's less so. I think it's the same amount 
However, we are more willing to conquer it, perhaps. Yeah, or and have more coping mechanisms, right? Right, right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And that's also why it's so important to have a community, and which is what you're doing, what I'm doing with our podcasts, is building that community, having a community of other women who can lift you up when you're doing well, like celebrate with you and also um, be there when things are not going the way you would like them to. Yeah. 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 Hey, Laurie, um, this has been a really, really cool conversation. And I think I'm just thinking now, like putting out this first episode for 2022, and we've covered off quite a lot around mindfulness and purpose. And I just couldn't think of a better episode to launch for the beginning of 2022 on Sexy Aging. I want to ask you one more question. So where to from here for you and what you're putting out into the world? What's your plans for this year and the next couple of years? Yeah, so I am going to be writing a book in the next uh, few months. <laughs> this is also probably- the, also, you. The, Yeah, the, um, the working title is the same as my coaching program, Fuck Being Fine. Because, you know, you reach that point and you're just like, now I'm done. I'm done being fine. Not like, just fuck it. So um, that, and then also taking this program to, um, to corporations because they don't have the same tools that people within companies that as an entrepreneur, it's, you know, it's a big lesson in, in personal and professional development. So taking this professional development tools, gratitude and meditation to companies so they can that employees and their teams can also learn how to manage all this anxiety. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm, I applaud you and appreciate what you're putting out into the world. And thank you so much for joining me today for Sexy Aging. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tracy. you enjoyed this episode with Laurie and I encourage anyone who hasn't yet started a meditation practice to explore that tool for stress relief, sleep improvements and clarity of thoughts. For more information on Laurie her contacts are in the show notes and for Spotify listeners please consider answering some of the questions or taking the poll in the show notes. Until next episode stay sexy.